Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to the WPBuilds.com podcast. This is episode 86 now, entitled Keeping Your Work Organised Inside WordPress with Corey Mass. It was published on Thursday the 26th of July 2018. Hi, my name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined in a little while by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com so that we can have our pre-interview discussion which this week is entitled How to Get Client Referrals and then after the interview we'll have our little ending fact entitled How Much Do Web Designers Earn? If you could go over to the wpbuilds.com website, I'd be grateful if you could do a number of things. Firstly, if you're listening to this episode over there, please click on the buttons underneath the podcast player and share it all over the internet. We've had some very nice iTunes reviews lately, and my understanding is that those really do boost the likelihood of this podcast being discovered by other people. So if you could do that, I'd be most grateful. Also, if you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can find coupon codes for Toolset, MainWP, Malcare, BlogVault, and a few other plugins. Also, this week we have got Corey Mass on the podcast talking about his Kanban WP plugin. And uh, I enjoyed it so much talking to him that we decided to do a webinar. So on September the 13th, it's still quite a way away, we're, we're doing a webinar where he's going to describe what his plugin does. And if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash webinars, you'll be able to find the links to sign up for that. So I should say that we are talking to Corey Mass today about his plugin, which is a Kanban solution for WordPress. I won't say too much, but basically it's a task management solution, a way of organizing your tasks so it's easy for you to understand what you've got to do and when you've got to do it. And what I really like about this is the fact that it's built inside of WordPress instead of it being a SaaS app. So you purchase uh, the pro version if you want, or you can use the free version on the wordpress.org repo and organize your tasks in lanes. Anyway, you'll find out all about that later. I'd just like to say thank you so much for listening once again, and I hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. Hello, in this discussion, we're talking about how to get client referrals. So whenever, at least I see a community post, and by that I mean a Facebook group post, uh, when someone's asking, how do you get your client work? I, I would say, I don't know if you agree with this, Nathan, about 70 to 90% of people say referrals. Yeah, and certainly that's the case for me. I am more or less 100% referral based, but I'd I have to confess at this point, we, as we always do, David and I had a chat before this, and I am really bad at this. So <laughs> I have no pearls of wisdom at all. <laughs> no. Well, it's the same with me, and I, effectively, I'm the same, but it's all coming through somebody else's referrals. So I'm, I'm getting these indirectly. But I, I'm interested in this now because I feel I need to have a system as I'm going to go after my own work more at yeah. the end of this year. Yeah. So 
I thought your uh, bunny rabbit costume that you used to wear when you went around the shopping centres used to drum up most of your work. Very effective in its day, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was very good. And the sailor outfit also very good, yeah. <laughs> thanks. thanks for revealing that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I did a bit of research. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. As what we always, what used has to... happened to you? Actual <laughs> research. Yeah, this doesn't bode well. I know, it breaks the code. <laughs> uh, God, well, it, when I say that, okay, what I did is I asked a question on our own uh, Facebook group and there were some smart people in there. One person I must shout out to because he came up with most of the good tips was Jason Rensnick, I think that's how you say his name, who does a podcast as well at, at res.com, so you might want to check him out. But yeah. So he gave a lot of tips in the group there, but also I went to um, look up what was out there in terms of uh, literature on this. And there is a book called The Referral Engine, Teach Your Business to Market Itself. And I <laughs> I joined Blinklist again recently. So I listened to 10 minute or 12 minutes of the audio version of this book. So I got most of the main points and we're going to run through those, aren't we? So you really, you really did push the boat out with the yeah, research abs. here, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Academic papers have been less thorough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's go. I'm going to go through the chapters, at least as they were presented on Blinklist. Is it Blinklist? It's Blinkist. Blink Is it Blinkist? Yeah, Blinkist. I've been adding the L to that. Sorry. Well, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, to add the L? It feels right, but I'm sure it's Blinkist. Okay. Whoops. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> First chapter in the referral engine is, well, there's a lot of the first section is just stuff that I think we know. But the first thing is that he makes the point about the fact that we are tribal as human beings. So we have this need to refer. We, we want to bring to our peer group things of value. So it's innate in all of us. So we need to sort of use that. Clearly, most people seem to do this, apart from you and I, Nathan. They seem well, to know. <laughs> do, do you know what's? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what's interesting? As when you were talking about that, it, it really did occur to me that I I exhibit this behaviour definitely because, as an example, if a plumber does right by me, or an electrician, or whatever it might be, you know, like a builder or something, I will. When somebody says in a crowded room, "Does anybody know of a you know a builder or something?" I will stick up for my my person. Um, and recommend them and, and kind of feel this this urge to enforce and impress upon everybody in the room. No, no, my guy is the best, <laughs> which yeah. is weird. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're given good service and you do want to lead, you know, you want to get some of the rewards back of being able to bring something of value to somebody else. I yes. think that's how it works. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. We've, got a, we've got a kitten in the house at the moment. It's my nieces and uh, the the the, 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 the the mice that it brings along is an example of probably that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's referring mice to us. Yeah, the, well, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's an interesting analogy. Yeah, but I um I do um I do definitely do that. And it's interesting because I never thought of it from a sort of psychological point of view and I didn't realise that humans had that um, I don't know what it comes from, like altruism or compassion or something like that. But I, it, it never occurred to me that that was a human characteristic. Um, and also it sort of strikes me at this point that now that I know that that's a human characteristic, it sort of like, it strikes me as slightly disingenuous to abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, well, the next chapter in this, I never said who the author was, is John Jantz, I think you say his name is, so yes. the, this book. Anyway, so his next chapter really just talks about um 
that referrals come from standing out and following your purpose. So you need something that differentiates you from other business so people can talk about you kind of easily. Okay, this is where it all starts to go wrong, isn't it, David? This is yeah. where you and I both, like, we, we can agree on step one because that's human nature. The next one is the stuff that we should be doing. Yes, of course, it makes absolute sense. Not that I've done a bar of it. Um, I haven't really done that sort of stuff. What's the nitty gritty of what we should do in that step? I don't know. Give one example about, I, we were talking about this earlier, his example in the book called Blinkist um, gives the example of the cheese board pizza collective which are in california that unlike normal pizza shops only offer one kind of pizza per day so it the reason they do this is it drastically reduces the costs but also it gives them something that's different because of the fact that people go there the quality is higher because it can reduce the cost of the ingredients but still deliver if you like the pizza for the same cost and that's their thing so they have people lining up to you know down the block to go and get these pizzas because they've got something that stands out so i don't know you you said earlier actually the thing that does make you stand out is just you and you make it very clear that you get me well i hadn't even really thought about that on any level but yes when when people phone me up one of the things that i do end up kind of trotting out is that it is me it's just me so you know if you phone up with a problem you get me you don't get an answer machine well you might get the answer machine but ultimately I'm listening to the answer machine so yes I hadn't really ever thought of that as a sort of selling point I more just use it because I you know it irritates me when I phone up let's say the telecoms company and I get transferred and transferred and never quite arrive at the person that I want and I always thought the antithesis of that is what I want. I want to be able to speak to somebody that I know. Um, and and in my case, I'm dealing with fairly small web projects. You know, it's nothing large on a kind of, um, I don't know, multinational or national scale, very, very rarely. And so, um, and so I can talk to that person because usually there's one point of contact and they seem to like that. But mm. it's become very common, it's certainly in like the Facebook groups that I frequent, to see people trying to go after that I'm going to call it a niche because that's what this conversation feels like, this step two, if you like. Um, You know, you're going to do church websites or you're going to do accountancy websites or restaurant websites um, and try to stand out as as the person that that does that thing. I've never pursued that because everything's ticking along just fine, but I can see why that would be beneficial. I I suppose the problem with that in a a sense that I see is that if you just go after, say, church websites – how does the how does the referral in the background work? Because presumably the guys in the churches don't really talk to each other all that much. You know, the guys at this church talk to the guys at this, that church, and then these guys in this church don't speak to each other. I just don't know. Maybe electricians do get together in, in, in some sort of secret cabal and talk to each other and refer, <laughs> oh, you know you should go to this website. But I've never done it, but I can see the sense in it. Yeah, I think so. Well, actually, chapter three goes on to the kind of stuff we expect, which is finding your ideal customer and catering to them. But I think I think it's bound up because if you're going for a local audience, I think you could still have some differentiator. I think I've got one, actually, which I'm kind of developing as I'm trying to get my main site and get my own business i've realized that a lot of the message that i'm saying is like look i I don't want you to spend more money than you need to so i'm packaging everything up so we can really work out just by the the minimum so i think that's becoming my message you know is my standout thing and it could apply to any 
kind of business without niching down. That that's what I kind of stand for. I'm a bit about well, don't spend more than you need to too early. That's my thing. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see that. I I utterly see the point of step two. You know, trying to figure out um, what yeah. it is that makes you unique. It just so happens that I haven't needed to do that. Um, it's all just come along nicely without doing that. But you know, if I was beginning again, maybe yeah. that wouldn't be the case. Um, yeah. So I can see why you would you possibly need to do that, and I, I, and not only that, I think it would be a good idea to figure out who it is that you're aiming things at and use the language of those people. Um, I was in a I'm in um, a Facebook group uh, where there's a bunch of people trying to launch kind of uh, multi-site installs. And this mm. seems to be the thing in that arena, you know, go after mm. a particular thing, let's say churches or what have you, and use their language back at them. So, you know, if you're selling real estate websites, you've got that vocabulary and the mm. vernacular because you've built many sites for real estate agents or accountants. You can immediately cut out a lot of the waffle of tell us what your business is about because you already know. You've done 10 accountancy websites or 100 or whatever, and you can cut that conversation short and just say, look, we know what you need. Let's just let's just work it out on a very fine level and go from there. And that probably would impress them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, shall I well, go on to four, four on this one? Yeah, which is – and this is where I'm not so sure about this because this is the stuff that we, we get into with sort of more global marketing. But saying offer value – content and gather testimonials from customers and provide a foundation that will provide a foundation for your marketing approach so they're talking about a suggestion would be to write a big white paper for your industry so we're getting more into the kind of online marketing stuff yeah the idea of doing stuff like that is very appealing and i'm sure it's got its benefit again i'm just not the right person for for Mm. sort of proselytizing about this because i just don't do it but I, i i've receive all sorts of interesting automated stuff all the time you know when i've been on a call or something you know five minutes later it drops into your your inbox and they want to know a little bit more about you and yeah i can see i can see that this has absolute value i just don't do it sorry i'm being the (laughs) worst kind of kind of host of this particular episode but i'm also trying to be brutally honest what do you do yeah, well, I don't do. Well, we both do something to put our names out there. So at True. least we're attached to it. But um, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, in fact, it's the later part of this book where I think it starts to make me think about things that I could actually do. Because mm-hmm. the next bit, in fact, chapter five is about leveraging online ads, which I'm, again, I'm, I'm not so sure I'd invest in that. I think you've got to really know what you're doing. I've dabbled with it many, many years ago. And again, because the the benefit immediately didn't make itself obvious, I, I kept going for a little while and dropped off the bandwagon. But the, it cannot be denied, you know, Google wouldn't be in business unless it were mm. successful. Uh, I just simply don't have the time to invest into doing it. But yes, I can entirely see the point. And I guess it's also about getting the message right and filtering those ads down so that they reach the right audience and so on and so forth and there's a lot of people who make a business out of doing just that you know selling that service um, you know the ads or the finding the right niche or whatever it might be yeah he does also in that chapter talk about uh, speaking engagements as well and you know spreading out your sort of content through those as well but you know what we were talking weren't we earlier about the fact that we could probably anybody could probably make a good living doing website building just in a smallish town Mm. uh, if they you know, if they built sites that would accommodate all of the type of people in their 
and they did referrals well. So in a way, you've got two sort of sets of referrals here. You've got this kind of niche marketing and online thing where you're trying to grab people globally, or you could just concentrate on spinning out from your friends and family outwards, couldn't you? Well, that's kind of how it's worked out for me over the yeah. years. It's just my, I just build little local things mainly. Um, and it just sort of keeps itself ticking over because of the, the, the point one that you made. You know, people like to refer people. Um, yeah. And you're right. You know, if I had aspirations of, um, I don't know, a posh car or a bigger house and all of those kind of things, and, and, and probably I would have to have a different personality in all honesty. Um, I would try to do some of the previous steps that you've mentioned, but because everything's ticking over so fine, I'm, yeah. I'm not that bothered. And I think you're right. You can, you can, if you just go for the local businesses, assuming there's not seriously amazing competition in your area, mm. um, I think it's possible. But then yeah. maybe that's geography. I'm in an area where it, it works for me and people actually talk to each other where I live. And so referring is a is a real thing, maybe in certain parts of the world or cities that might not be quite so straightforward. Yeah, I think this book for me really moves into what's important to me when we get to about, well, if Blinkist is the, the a proper representation of it, it's by the time we get to chapter seven, which is facilitate uh, customer network referrals through a systematic referral process. And I think that's what we're missing, isn't it? We don't have uh, a set pattern. We don't, uh, it, it mentioned in this one is the act of giving gifts as well along the way, mm -hmm. you know, when you reach certain milestones in yep. a design. Yep. I um I don't have the process nailed for this at all, which is kind of why it's hysterical that we're talking about it. <laughs> but I think the process, if you if you were serious and you wanted to generate lots more sudden new business, I think this referral thing has to be a process. And I'm mm. sure it would involve autoresponders and some kind of CRM with, you know, tagging of clients at various stages and 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 like you said, um schmoozing a little bit with current customers so that in some way they realize there's some benefit or incentive for referring people onto you. My accountant does a, a great job of this because it's very low key, but I really like it. And he was, when we first went to him and said, we'd like to join your firm and he did his pitch, he did, just dropped it in very casually. You know, every every new client that you bring in our direction, will give you a bottle of wine. And it's a nothing, but at the same time, it's a something. And every time I do refer a client, they must ask the question, where did you where did you come from? And presumably my name gets mentioned. And then randomly every few, I don't know how often it is, we'll just get this bottle of wine. And I think that's really nice. I like that. And it doesn't yeah. feel like I've um, sold myself out in any way because I like the service I get. I wouldn't use them if I didn't. You know, yeah. I can't speak for whether they're the best, but they it works and I appreciate what they do. Um and so maybe that's something I should explore, you know, giving something away. And we were talking earlier about it doesn't have to be financial. You don't have to give the person $100 or £100 or whatever the figure is that you attach to it. You could um, you could give the, the referrer something, you know, give them something off what they're already getting. So if they're on a care plan, give them a free month. Mm -hmm. If they're uh, – and then give the person that they've referred – 5% off their website build so that everybody's happy. You know, you referred somebody, they got something off, you get something off, we get some work. Great. Yeah, that that that's a Dropbox approach, isn't it? It works really well, I mm. think. Mm. The, only th the only thing that slightly worries me about all of this, in some ways, I think this chapter was largely talking about the principle of kind of 
uh, underselling and over delivering and that idea of sort of standing out that people get unexpected things and Jason who I mentioned earlier said that he he has a process when we reach certain milestones he'll give them some coupons so maybe some Starbucks coupons or hmm. something that they're not expecting yep. so maybe these little sort of these little add-ons as part of the service stick out to somebody which might lead them to want to say these were really nice to me these people Do you know this it, that is a really powerful thing i'm just thinking about a client i'm not going to say anything about it i'm just thinking about this one client that i've been dealing with for months who's been absolutely wonderful really nice person every time you know every time there's been a problem they've if it's been my fault they've been accommodating and and when it's been their fault i've felt like you know, being nice back kind of thing. And and it just suddenly struck me that if I sent them something out of the blue that they weren't expecting, how nice would that feel? It, mm. it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think there's something in this. I, yeah, again, I, I, this has been a theme really for our discussions recently. Uh, just this sort of constantly remembering that we're a service industry. And, yeah. and, and I, I've really started to tune into how the sort of service I get from people, you know, mm. and what makes a difference. So, mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's something in that. But yeah, I, I don't know about that. But I think there has to be a system. You have to decide I'm going to do something at these certain points. Yeah. The- I like Jason Resnick's um, system. Yeah, whatever it is, create little milestones and track that and stick to it. I suppose the easiest thing in the world is to set it up and then kind of forget about it. That would probably mm. be what happens for me. <laughs> but, you know, here's a here's a milestone. I don't know what those things would be. You know, if you is it like if you've referred a client or is it if you've referred over five thousand pounds worth of business or ten thousand pounds how, how do, what you've got to work out what those things are and what they get in return um yeah. and you've also got i suppose judge whether or not you're trying in effect to create affiliates yeah um, who are becoming um a constant supply of new things simply because of the rewards that they get back yeah um yeah. and if that's the case that's a that feels very different from normal referrals which is what i get and it suddenly steps into you know um complete strangers could start to do this and and then how do i keep a track of that i don't know the only way i can imagine doing that is financial yeah and i and i think if you do give a clear financial rewards for somebody passing on the details they are going to pass them on you know mm. as we know with competitions you know that's the idea you spread the word and randomly really just mm. because it you might get rewarded for it. So I think then you need a system also to, to to know what to do with those referrals when they come in, because you need to make sure that you screen out the people yeah. and whether you reward the people for sending you kind of uh, not suitable clients. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even do the basics though. Um, you know, I've just got a website going a couple of, couple of weeks ago and it's all fine and everything's okay. And it's this period of, we're best mates at the minute. Everything's going well. This would be a great time for me to drop a, an email. Yeah. Even if it was some kind of an autoresponder or handwrite an email. Um, yeah. Just to say, look, you know, if it's worked out for you, which I know it did, is there anybody else that you know uh, that might benefit from what we're doing? And if so, I really appreciate it. And I guess at that point, you'd start to wonder in that email, do you spell out the incentives that will give you some cash or a bottle of wine or whatever it might be and try to be honest about it and Mm. i also think that 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 honesty would would certainly work for me you know if i was giving cash away i i think i would say that 
uh, in yep. the email to you know to to everybody just sort of say look you're going to get five percent off because somebody referred you the referrer is going to get a bottle of wine and we're going to get some new business everybody should be delighted with this outcome so yeah you know get on the phone and thank them because you're getting a cheaper website and you'll get on the phone and thank them because you're getting a bottle of wine or whatever it might be and everybody mm. should be mutually patting each other on the back it's never going to work out this way, though. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you don't even need to get. I mean, you know, something that we often easily forget to say. I mean, I wonder if your person that you're really pleased with now, who you're getting on well with, whether you've actually said anything to them. You no. know, because just boosting somebody up and just saying, you know, you've been fabulous. I've actually loved working with you. So no. if you know anybody like you, <laughs> please oh. refer them our way because it's been so wonderful. So, you you know, without even giving anything, you make them feel good. Yeah. And- you know what? That email has to be handwritten, doesn't it? You can't yeah. write that email and f- make it feel inauthentic because <laughs> if you say thank you in an autoresponder, you're basically yes. not really saying thank you, are you? No, no. Um, so, yeah, and make sure that that email comes across as obviously handwritten as well. Wow, Dave, I've got some good ideas from this one. We started with nothing. I've got now something. <laughs> we got, uh, we're coming to the end. We got um, the next one that is actually about building strategic partner networks. Yeah. So you can share your target market. And actually, this is something, again, that somebody picked up in the, when I asked him, Facebook, Jim Galliano former guest of ours uh, said that he does some of this he actually links up with some other people in the similar market yes that's right I remember him saying that and I think that's yeah. Yeah, I think that's clever it's like you you made the analogy that if an electrician comes around not only do they leave their card but they leave a plumber's card as mm. well and just sort of say look I've got a good friend if you ever need any plumbing work nobody's going to be put out by that are they but if I was to drop in the name of a graphic designer Mm. Um, or the, I don't know, uh, whatever. It could be a hosting company or something. It doesn't have to be somebody that you know. Um, I'm sure they would they would take that in, in good measure. Yeah, I think it's a tricky one because I haven't worked out. I'm still thinking about who could be a partner for me because you've got to find the right balance in the the amount of uh, customers you're going to share mm. and, and principles and the sort of value of a customer mm. as well in there. So uh, it's a, I haven't worked out who I could team up with at all on that. But, well, I bet you're going to be inundated now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, I think Chapter 9 was the last one. Uh, make a plan to receive referrals and thank those who make them. Oh, so, there you go. What we just mentioned just a moment ago. Yeah, exactly. So that was pretty much the, the, the nub of it. Okay, there we go. I like it. That was a good chat. Yeah, we had. Do you know what? All the way through this, it was making me think of somebody else's comment on Facebook who was talking about Seth Godin's point about we're pretty clueless about knowing the lifetime value of our customers. And it's linked up. We should have a chat about that at some point. Right. In that case, let's um, let's pause this one, but with a mind to doing the Seth Godin talk at Mm. some point in the future. Right. Are we done? We are. Okay, in which case I will say, let's go to the interview. Hello, welcome to the interview part of the podcast. I'm glad you've stuck with us to this point. This week, all the way from America, North America, we have Corey. Now, I want to say Corey Mass, but I notice it's S. How do you pronounce your surname, Corey? Uh, I generally pronounce it Moss, like ah. the green stuff on a rock. But... Okay. Uh, your pronunciation was just fine. Oh, good. Anyway, hello. How are you? 
Good. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Yeah, we've um, we've got Corey on the show today because, uh, as we have in many occasions on the past, we've um, we've got somebody who's developed uh, a plugin for a particular niche, and obviously WordPress is just full of these wonderful plugins. And today, Corey's come on to talk about something which I'm going to mispronounce. I'm going to call it Kanban WP because I have a British, <laughs> northern British accent. Um, but you're going to pronounce it correctly, no doubt. What is the name of your product, Corey? Uh, well, if you're in America, you're likely to say Kanban, mm. which is not wrong. Uh, the rest of the world, I think, taking their lead from British English would say Kanban. Mm. Uh, and the... The proper Japanese pronunciation, I think, is kanban. Ah. It's very uh, staccato. Right. But no, right. nobody, nobody can really say it wrong unless you in, inject, you know, p's and q's or yeah. something. <laughs> so long as you can spell it, you're fine. Exactly. It's spelt k a n b a n, and then the website is k a n b a n w p dot com, which is all very straightforward. So it's Japanese. I had my feeling it was. I had a sort of sneaky feeling it was Japanese. What, when you say it's Japanese, how how long is this? Is this like super ancient kind of thing? Are we going back to the era uh, of the ninja or something like that? <laughs> Not quite. Uh, the nineteen forties and fifties. Okay. Uh, Toyota as a auto manufacturer, or were they making cars then? As a oh, manufacturer, yeah. anyway, uh, invented this technique, this method for managing the the manufacturing process so getting lost in uh how many parts uh do we need for each piece as we assemble it all that kind of thing uh they developed this so that you know at a glance you can see the the overall status of of the project um we we call it project i'm not sure what they would have called it then maybe yes. it was a car yes um, yeah. <laughs> but uh you know we're we're most familiar with it now just as a as a common methodology for for project management but then lot it actually solves lots of other problems too it's something that i would I would almost bet that every single person who's listening to this has encountered before in some way, shape or form. It's, um, it's, a, it's a visual way of organising tasks into, and I'm going to call them lanes, but I don't know if that's the right word, because it feels to me almost like swimming, a swimming pool divided that's up exactly, into lanes. Oh, really? Oh, I, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, with columns that. or lanes. Uh, uh, in, so, you know, so Kanban has been adapted by, uh, you know, dropping some buzzwords here, um, agile project management um and so you've got within agile you've got uh these other sort of processes methodologies uh scrum that kind of thing yep. and and kanban has been adopted by agile as a a very friendly easy way to get started to visualize the status of your project overall um and in in particular in in their vernacular they they say lanes or swim lanes which i think is great because it it's such a visual yep. you you can immediately picture it yep so if you were to stare at a screen with a kanban um app open what you would see probably going from left to right is um a set of cards if you like um organized into horizontal columns not that columns are ever vertical but there you go um 
Sorry, <laughs> vertical cock. Oh, you know, stop. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to try to get my, myself out of that one. I've just messed that up. Never mind. Um, so they're organized into uh, columns and you put the, the priority things um, at the top that you want to take notice of and you can rearrange them. But also you can move them from column to column by dragging them along. And each column is representative of a status in the project, I suppose. So it might be, for example, um, lead and lead might become, um, I don't know, um, a win or something like that, or it could go from incomplete to complete to finished, whatever. Um, did, did I sum that up very well, or could you think you could do a yeah. better job? Yeah, some, some of the uh, the common use cases, uh, project management, I usually use the, the lanes of uh, do it next, in progress, and done. Perfect. Um, yeah. And then uh, you also brought up you know, the sales using, if you were going to use Kanban to track sales. So you might have uh, new lead and then first contact and then, you know, sales contract is, Perfect. is out. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, sale one or, or sale lost or, you yep. know, or there's a lot of the times there's another column. And this is the, this is the amazing thing about this, this process is you start with three lanes and then as you're going along, you're like, well, I, I could really use another lane for follow up mm. in a week. Mm -hmm. So then you just add another one, you know, and the other ones move over and uh, and then you drag the cards in as you need to. So it's it's really a neat process, a neat method because it, it grows with you. I've tried so many different ways of organizing the tasks. My tasks are relatively straightforward. The, the The complexity isn't in the number of lanes. For me, it's just trying to manage three or four or five or six or 20 things all at the same time. Um, but I don't have too many statuses, so the lanes are not so significant for me. There's normally two or three. Um, right. But I just love the fact that it's all there and, and it's visual. Every other system that I've ever used, whether it's a t some kind of to-do app or some integration with um, my email client or whatever, none of it works. It doesn't, it doesn't work in my brain. My brain has to see the little card and I have to move it along and watch its status change. And for some reason, that methodology just sticks for me, which I guess is, guess is why it's popular. Now, there's a whole bunch of... SaaS apps, software as a service apps that that offer this functionality. So I guess that was my my first real question: is why would why would we wish to use a Kanban app inside of WordPress? Is there anything that that you've got to say about that? You know, what, what does WordPress bring? What, what, how do they sure. align? Yeah. So um, for me, it started with simplicity. Uh, I've already got a, a WordPress website. Now it makes sense because I'm a WordPress developer. And actually the reason that I built the plugin in the first place was my intention was to use it on every site that I was building because this way I could invite the client to sign into the, the website they're already signing into, right? I'm, I'm building them a website and uh, they're going in and starting to add pages or uh, blog posts and and this way we could track pro the project overall mm -hmm. from within the one website. So instead of sending them to Trello or sending them to LeanKit and them going, "What the heck is this?" Uh, you know, and having to learn another interface and all that, mm -hmm. you know, they've already got credentials to sign into their own website. So that was that was actually the original intent or or use case for me. Um, and now we've we've found a few other advantages. Uh, the most recent one is it, it's actually come up under GDPR. Oh, I was uh, wondering about that. Yeah, the, the whole uh, the whole privacy thing. Um, if you self-host 
an app, well, then you know where all of your data lives because it's in your own database. Um, and honestly, you know, two, three years ago, I hadn't certainly hadn't thought about that use case, um, but it's it's become a popular one. Um, and then the other obvious advantages are just integration into as more and more people use their WordPress site as a control panel for their business where they're collecting leads or tracking sales or doing whatever, managing users in any number of ways, um, having an app that is is tightly integrated just makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see that. Is there um just stepping back a bit and thinking about you as a developer, um, is there anything to be said for WordPress as a platform for the development of such such products, you know, um, <laughs> as an app platform? Has it been a this frustrating is one of my favorite experience? Topics. Uh, oh, good. Is it is it frustrating? <laughs> is it really good? Has the REST API helped? How, how do you feel about the future of, of WordPress as an app building platform? So there are kind of two, two branches of this. Uh, one is actually building web apps on top of WordPress, building SaaS apps. Um, and I actually give a talk at various WordCamps about this. Um, I, one of which, uh, was filmed and you can see, so it's, you know, it's, uh, a year old at this point at, um, Portland, Maine. And then I just recently gave the talk again, uh, in, at Belfast mm. in Northern Ireland WordCamp. And, uh, which was a lot of fun. I'd never been to Northern Ireland before, but um, so so I think that I find that that WordPress is actually a great platform for building SaaS apps on, um, which is you know one instance of WordPress hosting an app that people sign into, um, and then the other side of this is is more like what I did with with my Kanban plugin, which is uh, building an app that is a plugin and then it gets distributed. Mm. Um, and I've, I've honestly found huge advantages to both. Um, if you're building a SaaS app, uh, or, you know, even if you're using a plugin and you're, uh, just using WordPress to, to host that plugin, um, WordPress has advantages of, of already solving a lot of the, the big problems that, that every app encounters. Mm. So user management, yep. you know, registration, it, uh, if I never have to, build another reset your password page, I will die a happy man. Because as a person who's built apps for years, it's just, these are the little patterns, the little, you know, features that you have to build over and over and over again. Yep. And WordPress just does it for you. Yep. Um, uh, you know, database management, user management, page routing, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's all the things that we associate with, you know, every, basically almost every website has. And then certainly every web app has you need you need user management for for you know almost any app. That's kind of the point. Is mm, you mm. it's kind of what makes it an app. You have users sign into a yep. website. Um, so so for me, there's just there's huge advantages to to using WordPress. Um, do you feel that 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 sentiment is kind of held widely amongst the? the uh, I'm I'm just going to say developers, not WordPress developers. Oh, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No. Um, I mean, but WordPress has this bad reputation. Some of it deserved, a lot of it not. Um, and and I come from a non-WordPress development background, and so I can I can understand, you know, looking at PHP frameworks, they've come a long way. And WordPress, because of its insistence on being backwards compatible, doesn't 
conform to a lot of new best practices, but it still works mm. and it's still stable and it's still proven. Um, and all of these things to me are huge advantages. Yes, there there's new features and, and things that I would love to take advantage of, but I can live without because for me, the goal is not writing the perfect co code. The goal is writing code that solves a problem. Yeah. And I can do that within WordPress the vast majority of the time without conflict and frankly on code that's a lot better tested than a lot of newer frameworks. That's a good point. Yeah, the the, the amount of eyeballs on it is tremendous, isn't it? Um, but it's really, you know, it's it's always really cool to slag off old, or, you know, old technology. Yeah, yeah. Do you like my use of the British Britishism there? <laughs> slag off. Yeah, it's good. It's perfect. <laughs> that means to just sort of re rebuke and and um, berate. Um, so the, I guess are there any people that you've managed to persuade amongst your developer friends that this is this is a good thing to build on top of WordPress or, or are they all to a man no I'm never going to do that <laughs> um I I think so uh, I've certainly <laughs> given the talk a number of times and received a lot of good feedback and questions uh and and I think I've at least uh made a number of people reconsider um for me be, I mean this is one of those uh, there's a name for this fallacy, but I can't think of the name of it. But basically, you know, because because I'm constantly thinking about apps and WordPress, mm. I see them everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it might just be because I'm looking. Mm. But I definitely have found uh, it, this all started with basically just a thought a few years ago when I was using WordPress as a CMS and not much more, maybe a little bit of e-commerce, and met a few people. Uh, who were using it uh, for set, you know, for hosting SaaS apps, and uh, or at least building beyond just using it as a CMS. Mm. Um, and and for me at the time, I've always been a uh, had an entrepreneurial streak. So I would I would work on WordPress all day, and then nights and weekends I'd be using other frameworks to build SaaS apps. Mm -hmm. And I'm going this this is silly, you know. Can I combine these two? And I've I've found the answer to be yes. So I think that more and more people are are starting to look at it this way. Mm -hmm. um, I think as all of the common, you know, there are what, 50,000, 60,000 plugins in the plugin directory yeah. that, you know, that add widgets and, and solve sort of all the obvious CMS problems. I'm starting to see more apps or more plugins as apps, if you will, um, that solve bigger problems like, you know, social media management or uh, project management in my case. Um, and I think we're going to start seeing more and more of this using WordPress as a as a dashboard, as a control center for your business. Yeah. Because you've already got the website, you know, and hosting has caught up and is and is now pretty solid, obviously, depending on your hosting company. Mm -hmm. But there's there's no reason not to use to sign into one website that is probably your marketing website um, to also manage you know, projects or to track sales or to do whatever it is that your business requires. That's a really good point. And I think that in the future, I think you're absolutely right. It seems to be that we're right at the beginning of something in the same way that if you probably rewound the clock, I don't know, 12 years or something, uh, 13 years, whatever it might be. And plugins just started to come out and people were sort of all excited. Oh, imagine the range of things we could do with these plugins. You can make it snow uh, on uh, Christmas. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how it went. Um, uh, you can kind of imagine the future where a, a whole bunch of developers, for simplicity's sake, and, and like you say, 
for for the fact that you don't have to reinvent the wheel for things like user authentication and so on and routing of the pages and things like that the um the benefits of using it well we'll, we'll see but I, I hope that's what happens having said all of that and that really could have been a podcast all by itself so we should probably have you on <laughs> another time just to witter on about that let's go Happy back to. to your um your kanban wp presumably that is a plugin you host it um it's not it's not anything to do with sas it's just a plugin that you download is it on the wordpress.org repository correct so there's a the free version is in the plugin repo that should get you most of the way there for whatever it is that you need to do and then we've got a paid pro version that adds uh gravy to the turkey or icing to the cake or whatever whatever food <laughs> analogy gravy to the turkey but i like that i'm going to use that um, <laughs> so what's in the free version what do we get if we were to download the free one what would we see how would it work um and then we could talk about the the limitations that you strip away with the pro version thereafter sure so uh this is actually changing a little bit the free version right now gives you one board and a lot of dedicated functionality towards project management. Mm -hmm. And then the pro version uh, adds on uh, extras like uh, different field types that you might want to add, um, you know, being able to, to color code your cards, uh, sending email notifications, things like that. Um, however, we are uh, a month or two away from launching a new version, uh, version three. Ah! Oh. Um, yeah, you are. It and, says the 5th uh, of July on your website, 5th of July, 2018. Yep. Um, that's when we're, we're rolling out to, um, to betas anyway. Um, so people can start trying the new version with the new version. We're actually including a lot more of what are, what are currently the, the paid for features, rolling them into the free version because, um, I, I don't want to limit people in what they can do. And I also want to, uh, encourage people to keep using the WordPress solution that I've got uh, instead of going to a Trello or a Lean Kit, you know, other solutions. Um, so coming up, you will be able to to do uh, or to have multiple boards. It will include email notifications, commenting, um, a lot of the features that you'd kind of expect. Um, and then with the new pro version, we're taking it to the next level, looking more towards um, business or teams that are doing project management. Um, so we're going to be offering uh, charts and graphs and, and getting you know, more into sort of the, what you might associate with, with the business features of, of such a tool. Mm. So is the, if you were to download the free version at the moment from the wordpress.org repo, you get, you get the one board, but most, you can kind of do everything you need to do if it's just you, but you can't integrate other users and things like that, or did I misunderstand? No, you can you can integrate with other users. Um, it's just a matter of so a, a lot of bigger teams want to have multiple boards, right? So you you might have a board for project management or sales tracking. You might have a separate board for managing development, let's say. Uh -huh. um, and and this way you you can sign into one place and you can manage you know these different workflows all from the same interface. Um, and that's where you might want multiple boards. Okay, so. Um... If we go now to have a look at the the pro version, the, the best way to describe this probably, if you if you are listening to this now, would be to go over to kanbanwp.com forward slash add on 
forward slash Kanban hyphen pro. And you are including, now, forgive me if I've got this wrong because of your new update in um, in a few weeks' time, but you're adding on um, task comments so you can sort of communicate with other people. And is that like a comment attached to a particular card? So you can have a comment right. thread within a card itself. So you can basically discuss the card okay. uh, as as you make progress on it. Yep. And there's an unlimited amount of comments that you can place within that card and just sort of, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, technically, uh, there is a limit. Uh, I have seen <laughs> I have seen that limit reached. Oh, wow. Uh, where I had a, a customer who, uh, <laughs> the customer was using, using Kanban for tracking, they uh, manufacturing horse saddles, actually. Um, and every email communicating with the person who placed the order, they would copy and paste the email in as a comment. Oh. Um, now, of course, oh. when you are corresponding with somebody, uh, the previous email, you know, is is still kind of in line yes. below their reason. Yes. So, so you can see this, uh, <laughs> see where this is going. Yeah. You know, after ten comments, you actually have you know thirty comments or whatever, each yeah. one yeah. Uh, exponentially larger. So. Uh, his his he did contact me after a while saying um why why is this falling over and uh, <laughs> cuz you're I using said, it wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh i i said uh yeah the there i see the problem here <laughs> yeah that's nice though you can comment on particular cards that's that's good and then the next feature would be advanced user management presumably you're able to how does that work is that like allowing people to see certain boards and not other boards or certain cards and not other cards that's correct. And and most specifically, what I added that on for originally was to have a client view, because a lot of people um, were oh, yeah, using yeah, the board, yeah. you know, but needed to be able to show it to somebody without that person going in and starting to click around or or add new tasks arbitrarily. Can you um, can you let's say, for example, that you add a card, can you disable the viewing of that card from a particular um, WordPress role then? So you, or, or a particular user, you could say, I only want this one to be seen by, um, I don't know, let's say the editor role, but I want such Simon, the user Simon to be able to see it. Um, not right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't found that there's a, a common use case for showing and hiding at the card level, mm -hmm. um, but higher up at the you know all the comments or uh, an entire board or uh, what we're introducing with the new version is the concept of hidden fields. Hmm. So you you may have some fields um, that everybody sees, you know, a title, a description. Uh, a file attachment, something like that, yep. and then uh, and then some people will have access to. Essentially, you click a little arrow, and and it expands and shows more fields um, where you could, you know, add a add a grading or you know write other write other details down that that you may not want everybody to see. Okay. Um, and then you've got the ability also, the third of the six things in the pro version is the ability to add, um, it says details and attachments. I'm sort of focusing on the word attachments as the thing that would be most useful for me. What, what's details as opposed to attachments? Um, so in this case, it's uh, essentially extra fields um, where you can, again, go in and, and add other data points on each card. So if you want to add a, a price associated with the sale or 
um, not only assign a card to a person, but you want somebody else to be res- ultimately responsible for it or, um, you know, or, or is the client of this card or that kind of thing. Mm. And then, um, and then, yeah, just as you said, uh, attachments that, and this, this will be included in the free version coming up, oh, um, great. to some degree anyway, where you can, you can slap on an image or, um, Another another very popular use case is actually job applicant tracking. Yep, yep. And this is where we can talk about some of the integrations. But basically, if you're if you're hiring, uh, you can slap a Gravity form or a Ninja form on your website, and everybody who fills out the form, presumably people who are applying to this job, a card will be created for each one. And this way, in this way, uh, their resume can get attached to that card too. Um, so then you can you know comment on it, discuss each applicant internally and then this is where you'd kind of move them across the lanes Mm. and the lanes might be you know applied first interview second interview and then hired something like that yeah yeah that's cool uh yeah i can imagine you know things like cvs getting uploaded in pdf documents but also in my case oh sorry right cv not resume yeah yeah same thing yeah um in my case it would be a question of very often it's a question of me sending screenshots and things like that or you know color palettes or something like that so that the client can see it as opposed to the the client sending me stuff yeah but we'll come to that in a minute especially the gravity forms thing because i think that's really interesting another thing is notifications is that um like an email thing or is that notifications Mm -hmm. from within wordpress um no uh emails okay um, to let you know, you know, let you know that something has changed yep. without you having to sit there and watch the board. <laughs> and then, do you get a link directly to the the task at hand, or do you? Have That's to, right. Yeah, yep. you don't have to scrub through it all and find the the exact one that you're being notified about. Right. Great. And then the the other one was multiple boards. We've mentioned that already, and probably the most important one, the one that everybody's actually going to obsess about, is colors. <laughs> you'd you'd be amazed yes yeah. it was the first thing requested um what you know i i built the free version this is two years ago or more and and the first thing people wanted is oh, how color. do i color code yes yeah. that would be the first it's thing amazing I, yeah it'd it's be the amazing. first thing it's, absolutely it's crucial little things yeah. but uh-huh. uh you know we are human yeah um and then i found myself looking at your documentation so um forward slash documentation there was a whole bunch of stuff and it, you know i think you've done a great job in writing lots and lots of articles essentially to um to answer all the frequently asked questions and how do you do this and what does this do but the one that the one that got my well there's two that got my interest particularly more than anything else three i'm going to say three now um (laughs) was the first one was gravity forms because i thought that was quite nifty because obviously if you're somebody like me and you're familiar with gravity forms throwing that stuff together is really quick um so you know if a client needed a job application i can I can within a minute throw up a gravity form that has all the fields that socks that stuff in. And then I read through that article and basically you go through a process of installing the gravity forms integration plugin and then you just match fields up. Is that, is that? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, here's the name field, match it to the name field within the board. Here's another field and, and match it up. And then you can assign a sort of status to it with like a hidden field and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I can totally see why somebody would would get this just for that. I think that's a killer feature. It doesn't actually mention Ninja Forms, but you did. Is that a feature that you've built in? Um, yeah. So in, in addition to Gravity Forms, we also have a 
uh, integration with Ninja Forms. Okay. Um, yeah, so we can all imagine that, you know, building a form and, and handing this one over to a client. And it's like a full, full-featured um, productivity suite with all your forms and everything getting uploaded. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, the other thing, which I didn't really explore too much, is um, the tasks thing, um, searching. Obviously, for me, you know, if I've got like 400 tasks on the go, how does that actually work? What do you, what's the process that you go through if you're trying to find that gnarly little task which is buried, buried, buried? So I, as simple as a, a search field mm-hmm. ever present on the board, um, obviously you need to remember some aspect <laughs> yeah. of the, yeah. the field to search for. But if you can, uh, you know, it's, it's live and immediate. So as you type it, cards show and hide themselves depending on what you've typed in. Yeah. But it's definitely one of the more um, integral pieces, uh, so much so that it, it has its own keyboard shortcut so that you can, ju- you know, jump straight to search and just start typing so that you can you can find that that card that you need and start interacting with it well that's the sort of killer feature in a way really because although it's you know although these these things organize themselves around and they look beautiful on the screen it's still a pig with whatever system you're using because like me you just i just don't clear things out you know lots of things stay in there <laughs> that should have been moved to and then ultimately deleted and so i'm scrolling 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 and the search is is the feature that that helps me out and then once i found it i can then start to you know to deal with it but that's great and I'm, I'm pleased that's there and that and that combined with we actually separate um the concept of searching with from the concept of filtering mm-hmm. so you can you can open up a filter and say you know only show me the cards that are assigned to me or only show me the cards that are red because everybody ah. likes color coding yeah yeah um and then uh, two two things. One, and then oh. obviously you can search from within that. But also when you apply a filter, it actually changes the URL. So you can bookmark yes. essentially those filtered results. Yep. So you can, and I, I do this with, in almost any productivity app, is I look for that kind of thing where, um, you know, show me only what's relevant to me and then bookmark it. And so instead of going to, you know, the dashboard or, or whatever of the app, I'm going to click on that bookmark and at least usually start with only the data that pertains to me because obviously that's, that's what's most important to me. That's usually my starting point. Yep. Um, with the, with the board, with the actual card itself, what are the limitations on the kind of data that we can actually put in there? I mean, you've mentioned comments and we've mentioned, I mean, clearly gravity forms, which is mostly text, um, will, will be sucked in. What, what other, what other sort of field types have you got? So, uh, right now you've got, uh, time tracking, which is not like a live clicking timer. But uh, you can go in and, and basically say, I think this, you know, you can estimate, I think this is going to take me eight hours. Yep. And then uh, as you make progress, you can update, uh, you know, how long it's taken you. And yep. it shows you, it gives you a little progress bar. Um, uh, we have, do we now? I think so. Um, the concept of dates, which are going to be a lot more tightly integrated uh, in the new version where you're you're actually going to be able to see things on a calendar um, and get into Gantt charts and all that kind of oh that's you know, good deep, yeah yeah deep nerdy views yep um, charts and graphs and arrows and circles and um, <laughs> any any representation of colored blobs <laughs> yeah exactly um, which honestly it's like it's really fun to nerd out with that <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah it is yeah um, uh, but uh, 
of other very popular fields are um, you know assigning assigning cards to users, but also even just uh, different ways to use users. So you could say, well, this card is assigned to somebody, but the client is this other user. Um, but the QA person who will look at it in a week is this other person, and so you can do lots of different assignments. Mm. Um, and then we have right now we've got a dedicated field uh, called projects. But this is where, again, when I first started, I was I was thinking very specifically about project management, and the app has definitely expanded beyond that. So projects and a couple of other field types are going to get rolled into sort of a ubiquitous tags field that can be used for, oh, I'm finding, yep. so many things. So it, it can be used for project, it can be used for um, status, it can be used for urgency, it can be used for you know, client, if you're, if you're using it as a CRM, this could be a list of your client's favorite colors. I mean, there's, there's almost unlimited possibilities for this. Um, and the, the more, the more we get into it and use it ourselves, uh, the more creative we're getting. So, um, I'm hoping to start writing little tutorials and blog posts, uh, as we go along, uh, as we keep finding these these interesting use cases, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at in the in the documentation um, at the field types, and I'll I'll just sort of go through them because it's actually it's actually more than I would have imagined was necessary, which is great. So, you, you've got your obvious text field, you've got an image field, which is quite nice. So you can put images, not just presume, well, pres- maybe it's like a mnemonic, just some way of reminding yourself. Um, what else? We've got date fields. We've got date fields which count up and count down. So it can be um, a certain amount of time till a thing or a certain amount of time from a thing. You've got this to-do list, which is, you know, a bunch of ticks. Uh, a tick, How to describe it? A bullet point list, but with ticks, if you like. And you can, check boxes. Yeah, check boxes. You can tick them off as you go through them. So that's quite nice. So within a card, you can have a bunch of check boxes. Um, and then you've just got this thing called a list of things, which is like a drop down as far as I can see. Then you've got list of users. And as you said, list of colors. That's a lot. That's a lot going on. That's <laughs> yeah, really impressive. And this is, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. And, and it's one of those things that I I still... I still struggle with a little bit, and this is part of why we're introducing the the concept of hidden fields. Is I've I've now seen customers who are adding you know fifty fields to a card. Yeah. Which to me, I'm if if they're happy with it, then obviously I'm happy for them. I couldn't work like that. No. Nope. Um. So so yeah, we're now uh, introducing at least the option of you know he here are the fields that are the most important. And then here are the ones that you might interact with once in a while, mm. or they might just be referential. Um, and we might actually down the road introduce. So in the new version, uh, you you can interact with a card directly on the board. And so in the context of all the other cards, or you can open up uh, a modal where you're going to deal with. That's where you're going to see all the comments. Um, oh, but yeah, you, yeah. you're going to see the same fields. Um, and so I'm, I've been debating about even introducing the option of, of fields just being on the modal yes. so that you'd sort of have three different layers of uh, immediacy as far as getting to the data that you need. Yeah, it kind of feels like the card should be small. That's just my take on it. I Essentially, all I do usually... I agree but, with you, but yeah. not everybody agrees yeah. with me. <laughs> I kind of just want this tiny little card which has a title, essentially. And then when I click on that, I like the idea of something else opening up, which gives me additional information, whether that's the card itself growing 
or like you say, a modal that pops up, that, that feels like the right way for me to do it. Um, but obviously, if your users are <laughs> not doing it that way, uh, fair enough. What's the... Um, I was just having a little think and a moment ago you mentioned the fact that you've got this sort of time integration where you add you you, you write in what you've already done on a particular thing so you might say um, mm-hmm. I've done an hour's work on this so I'll type in one hour do you do you intend to sort of add things like that in the, in the long term have you got a, a, a way off in the distance roadmap for things like um, time tracking and so on uh, definitely I I want it I mean, it's something that I could use. I end up using right now. I use Toggle, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, just another app, yep. and there are there are a million of them out there. Um, so we we might end up doing it s- just an integration with other tools. Yeah. Um, we might end up building something into the app. I'm a I'm a little hesitant to put that much weight on a WordPress install mm. of mm. you know continuous yeah. ticking. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's certainly something that I'm going to consider. Yeah, it's a, you, the thing is, you could end up. And this could, you could end up like with invoices and all sorts, couldn't you? And suddenly, it's not about exactly. Kanban anymore. It's it's some sort of yeah. It's trying to be everything to everybody all at once. Yeah, it's great. Um, do you want to tell us Thank about you. the the pricing um, as a sort of way of perhaps potentially rounding it off? Sure. So the pro version is $150 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlimited that includes unlimited sites unlimited users okay just to keep it simple okay so it's um, just one so, price yeah yep um and i think so basically i encourage everybody to start with the free version see how that fits uh your needs expand to the pro if if you want the extra features and then um we are thinking about i don't know six months or a year from now introducing kind of a Beyond Pro, uh, a business version, which mm-hmm. I think, again, will include um, more of these. When when you get to the point where you've got a dedicated project manager or, um, you know, there's more people involved in the process, generally there's, there's more features that you want. So um, we're starting to consider what some of those extra features might be, mm. but that's, uh, that's a ways off. Have you... Um... I, I never know quite how to ask this question without without sort of prying the lid on something, and I don't want you to reveal anything that you don't want to reveal. Let's just keep it simple. Is is this a product that's been successful in the past, and you will you will continue to maintain into the future? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Oh well, that's good. One word <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that's great. The, the we've just seen so many things in WordPress kind of come and go, and sometimes oh, sure. sometimes go in a very quick and rapid way that uh, disappoints yeah, and people. It's, oh yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking when you see a good product mm. go fall by the wayside mm. or go away altogether. Mm. Um, but no, for me, this is. Um, I struggle with shiny object syndrome just like every other developer, but uh, this has been my core focus for two and a half years or right. more. That's good. And um, and my my intent is to you know keep growing it until hopefully it pays all of my bills and uh, I can retire rich to an island. Yes, and, yes. Um, You've got the same dream you know. as me. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that island might be England, which yeah. is a little depressing. Don't retire to this. Oh, that's really nice. So, if you would like to help Corey retire to a small island somewhere, <laughs> what you should do is you should go over to canbe canbanwp.com um, and then click on the the links to get the pro. As it says, hundred and hundred forty nine hundred fifty dollars um, for a year's license. You can go and. Go and go and get him his flight at least, and then the next person can 
can well, get, thank him, you for that. get him his first week. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on and talking to us about productivity. That's great. Um, is there anything, just before you go, we always give everybody an opportunity to sort of self-promote, if you like, or tell people where they can be found on Twitter, on the email, whatever. Sure. Um, like you said, KanbanWP.com is the primary place to find out about the product. And if you've got any questions, email me through the contact us form. It does say us, but I read them all. Mm -hmm. um, you can also find us obviously on Twitter at KanbanWP and me personally, Corey Moss spelled M-A-A-S-S. Oh, and there's an E in the Corey. Oh yeah. Anyway. C-O-R-E-Y M-A-A-S-S. There you go. Um, and that's and that's more uh, me spouting opinions, whereas uh, we try to keep the Kanban WP account a little more professional. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. And we hope to speak to you soon. Take care, Corey. Thanks for having me. So with today's end, in fact, I thought we would just take a look at how much web designers earn because somebody asked this one quite recently so i looked up the u.s bureau of labor statistics and they've got a figure just go back to last year 2007 but the median pay for that year for an annual was 67 990 dollars per year Sixty-seven thousand. Oh, yes. Sorry. That's quite yes. an important word there, yeah. isn't it? There is a missing important word there. And <laughs> and the hourly rate was $32.69 per hour, which was I thought was interesting. So it's basically $68,000 and 34, mm. should we say, dollars per hour. And that's based upon a kind of like a working week of 40 hours over about 50 mm. Uh, 50 weeks of the year. Of course, that doesn't take into account um, the, the requirements of, I don't know, uh, having a bit of time off for sickness no. uh, or any of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm sure that most people that I know are going to be charging a lot more than $34 an hour for the reasons I've just mentioned about needing a bit of time off yeah. Yeah. Um, and needing to, you know, just basically live. I, I don't think most of us would be going for that rate no uh, it's a funny subject the brits don't really talk about what they earn very much do they no there is a there was a british report that i read and um roughly it's actually just rounded up to 33 and that kind of equates to 25 pounds and 25 pounds was the top end of the minimum rate that people chose so anybody below or 25 or under was in the one percent of oh. people but this was people self-reporting their earnings so maybe it's very different to what you know, the statistics bureau would report yeah indeed or I, I just wondered if the document would just say mind your own business <laughs> yeah. you know, it's none of your business what what, what we earn yeah, it's interesting though. So sixty-eight thousand dollars is the average for a U.S. web de web designer. I suppose at the top end of that will be you know really hardcore, amazingly yeah. clever people, and then there'll be people just beginning, and somewhere in the middle is that sweet spot. So yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Um, as always, thanks for listening all the way through to the end of the podcast. If you fancy subscribing to anything that we do there's a whole load of things like the facebook group there's a email that we put out there's a messenger chat bot and things like that go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and at the moment i'm also recommending that people go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals where you'll find a bunch of uh, percentages off various wordpress related products that's it 
all for us to do now is fade in the cheesy music and say it's goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. And goodbye from me, David Wormsley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.